Hello? This is Boxer. Viper, my man. Yeah, how's it going? Yeah, you're you're in for for Nilly's cup, right? Over at his apartment. Cool, 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 cool. Um, no, I mean I'm excited for you. Sorry, sorry that I I couldn't make our coaching session the other day. Um, you're do fine though. Like you know, just go over the notes that you and I discussed. Um, clean up that clean up that feudal age a little bit, and I think you'll see a lot of success this time around. No, you don't have to pay me. You don't have to. No, man. How about this, if you win, okay, you get, you win. I'll take five percent of that prize pool. How's that? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's fair too. Yeah, no, I'm your biggest fan. No, 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 I'm your biggest. I'm your biggest fan. Yeah. Okay. Um, how's the rest of GL doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those guys, those guys are wild. Y'all, I can't believe y'all y'all do that every every night. Mm. That's good stuff. That's good stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah, Teltetto, I'm sorry. Um, there's just so much going on with the game, and I'd love to be there uh, at Neely's place, but I'm, I'm just not going to be able to fly out right now. Yeah. I think I just got the podcast, and I got my own ladder grind to do. I know you guys all want my attention and my coaching, and uh, and I'd love to give it to you, but there's, there's just so much so much more to the community than you guys, right? I know it's very influential and I love seeing you guys be successful, but uh, there's a lot of other people that got to be successful at this game too. And, and the people need me, man. So, uh, mm-hmm. yep. Oh, you'll do fine. You'll do, you'll do fine without me. I promise. Yep. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, uh, well, hold on. I think I'm getting a beep. Yeah. I'll just call you back. Yeah, I got. Uh, hold on, that's Ridley Scott. Yeah, let me let you go. I gotta, I gotta take this. Hold on. All right, see you, like, Mister Scott. What's up, man? No, I'm not gonna be able to make it for a Gladiator two. I'm not gonna. I just got off the phone with Viper. I can't fly out to Rome right now. There's too much. I'm already behind. DLCs have dropped. I haven't covered them. Uh, I've been doing my studying in the background, but. I know it's a good opportunity. I know there probably won't be a third gladiator. Uh, and I'm, I'm as much of a fan of gladiator as anybody else. I just can't make it out for this, for this engagement. My, my managers already told you guys that it's not a money thing. The money was, was good enough to get me there. It's really just a timing and scheduling. Yeah, of course I'm here as a Roman consultant on gladiator too. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys call, set up a meeting with my assistant, and any questions you have, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely help you out with Roman authenticity. Yeah, I mean, off the cuff, Romans had double the armor of any other civilization. That's what my research has told me. Uh, yeah, it, whatever you had in Gladiator 1, you needed to really double it. Because when I'm looking at whoever's across the field from them on that first battle scene, probably the Goths, or somebody, Romans should have had t- at least twice as much armor as them, and they didn't have that. It looked like an even fight. I know they won, but it's just the aesthetics. Like you're just not being historically accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way more, way more ballistas, and they're they're accurate too. You had some ballistas missing. Uh, 
depending on the age you're trying to set this set this in, I'm assuming it's further along than than Gladiator One. Uh, they they should definitely have very very uh, accurate ballistas. Mm-hmm. You might want to call those scorpions. Anyway, uh, I don't know the ballista is is the proper historical term. Mm-hmm. Yes, scorpions uh, more of a Latin influence for sure. Now, don't don't put me in the credits. I don't need to be. I don't need to be credited with anything. This is just this is just personal favor. One guy to another. Uh huh. Yep. The legionnaires are cool. That's totally fine. Centurions. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally good. They uh, Roman cab archers definitely definitely had some cab archers. If you want to include that in the film, I wouldn't I wouldn't divert too much to that. No no gunpowder, no bombards. Obviously, they had siege rams. Everybody has siege rams. If you want to work in a Draman, that's uh, if you're going to have a, a naval battle, Dramans were huge, and fire ships, fast fire ships. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I, th- I think that's it. That's probably the most most of the inaccuracies I saw uh, from from Gladiator. Now you'll be fine. It'll be great. I, I did see Napoleon. That was solid. That, that was a good movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna go see it again. I promise. Uh huh. Yeah, tell Tell Joaquin I said hi. No, he didn't. No, he did. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. He's crazy. All right. Hey man. Look, I hate I hate to to run, but uh, I'm definitely got other engagements. And um, I'll just catch me next time. If there's Gladiator three, I'm your man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Price. Uh, we'll we'll discuss price when it comes. Okay. No, don't don't put the cart before the uh, before the horse. Yeah, okay. All right. Take take care, Ridley. Yep. Say hi to everybody for me. This is uh, the biggest flex. <laughs> we have boxer safety. Good reaction by boxer. Here's the right move from Boxer. In Boxer's favor. Boxer safe. Uh, we've got a douche town center scenario. Oh my goodness, I just saw it. This Uh, is the biggest flex (laughs) in the decider of a show match. Gonna get CJ with the castle age douche. Boxer safe. Boxer. Boxer safety. Boxer. Boxer safety. We have the biggest flex, 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 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the ASAP weekly podcast that has not been recorded in quite a while. Uh, we had that last interview with Yupe. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I had fun. Uh, we'll probably bring him back for some future episodes. I apologize. Busy time. Uh, boxer wife had some major back surgery recently. We're on the up and up with that. Obviously, holidays hit hard too. I'm sitting here a few days out from Christmas, and, and I'm I'm gonna pop two episodes out. Oh, you guys, two episodes. Uh, basically, one for for November and one for December. So we're gonna do 
Christmas themed episode. I got some Christmas uh, wish lists here at the end of the show. And then uh, we're going to do a look ahead into next year for kind of a New Year's type episode coming up. Uh, and then we'll pop another one out in January. So you're, you're going to get your fill uh, ASAP weekly, more like ASAP monthly is what we're working on. But uh, we failed at that even recently. So so expect to, to see those come around more often. Uh, first question, I know on your minds, Boxer, what are you up to? What's going on? Uh, still running Romans. Loving the Roman Civ. If, if I have to default to a Civ on the ladder, we're defaulting to Romans. Just the men-at-arms push is so clean, so easy. Uh, the eco is pretty good. You can kind of double down on the men-at-arms if if they're not responding to it right. You can flip over into some some scouts and knights if you need to. Uh, I like the Romans. I'm, I'm floating at around mid-1500 ELO. Uh, that seems to be a pretty easy ELO for me, to be honest. We haven't made a hard run at 1600, but I like to think two, three nights of ladder grinding, we'd break 1600 and probably stay there. So that's where we're at. Super high ELO? Yes, absolutely. Top 10%, 5% on a good day? Of course. Really, really incredible things going on. Super sweaty ELO, a lot of good players in there. A lot of terrible players at this ELO too. I run into a lot of those and I crush them. Send them back down to the 1400s, you know? You know how we do. Uh, they come in, they, they, you can kind of feel they're a little tense. They're playing at their personal best. Get them out, send them back to 1400 where they belong. Maybe try again in a few weeks. So uh, yeah, we haven't tasted 1400 in quite a while. Mm, probably we'll never see that again uh, unless we have just like multiple levels of flu, uh, strep throat, something, and I get on, these guys might send me back to 1400 if I'm super sick. So that's how the game is going. Team games, obviously good. Crushed in 1800 in team games uh, recently. That was today, even. Team game ELO is trash. No one cares about it. But if you're interested, got that up to around 1600 as well. So... And that, that's in that's accidental. I'm I'm playing pickup games with randos, two v twos, four v fours, trying to tank my elo a little bit. So when I play at night with the group, you know I'm not dragging two Ks into our into our team games. But I just can't lose even with randos. I'm just too strong. So it is what it is. I brought the guys into some fights with a couple two Ks, and I apologize to them for being so good but I can't not be good you know what, what am I going to do just close my eyes just idle for the first five minutes no that's not me we just win all the time and that's how we're doing it in age that's how we're doing it every game that we play but enough about me this isn't about me this is about age this is about you guys and what I can do for you and I've kind of dropped the ball we had that interview with eBay. We had it lined up, pre-recorded, put that out for you. Unfortunately, that hit at the same time as the new DLC. I haven't covered it at all. I meant to get a short 30-minute podcast out to give you guys a heads up on my thoughts. But as I played the new DLC sieves and I've looked at the buffs, there was too much. It was too much to cover in such a short episode. So we're going to try to do it here. Might even carry this into our New Year's Eve episode. 
because there's so much that's happened. We had a patch, uh, of course, with the DLC. That's pretty normal. We've then had another balancing patch after that that came out uh, last week, I believe. So much to cover. So let's start with the DLC sieves and the DLC patch. DLC sieves, Armenians, Georgians. I'm all about some Armenians, okay? Warrior monks, warrior priests. So cool, cool concept. They move faster than monks. They hit like infantry. Uh, they get buffs from the monk monas from the monastery and from blacksmith for infantry and from uh, the barracks. So they they get the squires buff from the barracks. They get the uh, movement buff from the monastery, where the monks get to move. What is it? Fifteen percent faster. So once you've got fervor and squires, these warrior priests are booking it. Uh, they can take a fight against the light cav. Obviously, light cav get bonus damage against them, so not the best fight. But they go out there and and fight spears. If you're trying to get relics, they're so fast they can snag these relics. Um, really cool. In addition, the Armenians first monastery, which is 25 more wood than a normal monastery, uh, it comes with a relic. So you're automatically getting gold coming in. Uh, you can garrison villagers inside that fellow. But that is not what excites me the most about Armenians. Armenians came to us with uh, this mule cart, which is basically a replacement for for the lumber camp and the uh, the mining camp. You guys have seen that by now a hundred times. I don't need to cover that. But they came with those eco technologies in the mule cart, which is mining and wood eco techs. They were twenty five percent more effective. So faster gold gathering, faster stone gathering, faster wood gathering. This actually made them, according to Spirit of the Law, like 8% better in Imperial Age than Celts as far as gather speed for wood. So 8% better than Celts. Mule technologies now, with the most recent patch, have been buffed from 20% more effective to 40% more effective. That left them at only like 2% better than Celts at wood gathering because they lost two-man saw, the Imperial Age wood upgrade. So net net decrease in wood income and imp. However, net increase in wood income from feudal to castle. So they kind of crammed all that extra wood right in feudal and castle. Not to mention that 40% also includes uh, gold mining. So you're getting gold faster, you're getting wood faster, probably fastest gold and wood gathering of anybody maybe malians get more gold um than than these armenians but i haven't i haven't confirmed so long and short armenian ego crazy you can go two tcs put some forward pressure with archers and siege and be up to imp at 28 minutes with constant two to three range uh crossbow production absolutely insane sif we're not even mentioning that they get long swords in feudal, they get pikemen upgrade in feudal, they get two-handers and champion upgrades in castle age. Um, probably unlikely to do that necessarily, but could in, could speed up. You know, you could research that on your way to imp. You're not going to have that upgrade res, res in castle. Uh, you can also get halberdier upgrade in castle. That's a potential. Uh, no armor, right? The armor stays in their respective ages, but. Uh, yeah, some shenanigans can happen 
with the barracks. And they have Dromans, which are which are really cool. Um, all that to say, really like the Armenian Civ. As a flank player in team games, I'm playing a lot of Armenians to get those archers out. Um, the mule cart makes your Dark Angel a little weird because it does cost some food. So I've often found myself, when it's time to pull a boar in, at least on my build order, um, I'll kill my last sheep and I'll have I'm two or three food short from uh, from making another veal. So that leaves me kind of hanging out to dry until I bring the boar in, kill it, eat it a little bit, and then drop it off. So it gives me some idle time. I got to clean that up. Maybe I need to be going to a, a meal on berries earlier. I'm not sure, but it it has been it has been messing me up a little bit. Obviously, the later you take the boar, the later your feudal age time is going to be. So those are just the things. When you get to my level, you know, when you're out here playing semi-professional age, you got to think about those things. You got to analyze cost benefit. But you you asked me, what's my thoughts on the Armenians? Love it. Let's go to Georgians. I, I haven't messed with the Georgians too much. They've literally been broken. The unique unit, Manaspa, they've gotten a bunch of bonus damage for buildings and all kinds of stuff. And that has been since nerfed. The patch that buffed the Armenians nerfed the Georgians uh, in that regard. And it was a good nerf. These things were busted. If you've seen... Uh, the tournament where Viper took on Veles, I believe, and was just nuking town centers in Castle Age with Manaspa. Pretty wild to see them go to work. That being said, these guys, their creation time is... I'm trying to look it up here. Build time, 11 seconds for one Manaspa. To give you some comparison, a knight is built in 30 seconds. 30 seconds versus 11 seconds. If this is right, I thought they were built more like 15 seconds. If this is right, you can have three Manaspa from a castle before one knight pops out of a stable. These guys are, are being made super fast. You drop one, two castles, and you can literally outproduce any knight player out there, provided you got the rest. That, I think, is the bigger problem. I had on Arena... I had a, a player bring a bunch of, I think I was flink for some reason. I had a player bring a bunch of Cavalier at me. I hadn't made a single unit yet. I bet he had 30, 40 Cavalier out there fully upgraded. I drop a castle, start producing Manaspa, branding through. The Manaspa, the more you have, the more bonus damage they have. Imagine having um, Lithuanian Knights, but instead of needing relics to buff their damage, you just need more Knights. That's the Manaspa. And they shredded the Cavalier. Terrible fight for the Cavalier. So I don't know. I haven't played them a lot. Our team team game group doesn't play them too much. Again, they also have the mule cart. They start with a mule cart, but they also start with less food. So that opening is a little weird. Their churches, uh, which is the monastery replacement, I give villagers a 10% work rate if you're close to it within eight tiles. So that can be nice. I kind of double the Roman bonus if you've got these 200 wood churches out. Um, they were also nerfed their team bonus. Team bonus used to be uh, buildings cost half 
50% fewer resources to repair. Now it's just 25% fewer resources. I'm indifferent towards that. I didn't see it really in, in action. So fine with that nerf. Uh, they really come at the Georgians. They were kind of over tweaked when they came out. The Armenians, I don't think people were as in love with them when they first came out. So provided some buffs, been pretty decent. We haven't even started going through. It was a huge patch that came out with, um, that came out with this DLC, which I highly recommend the DLC. I'm generally a negative person when it comes to game changes, but AOE2 devs have been killing it on these last few patches. Uh, just to walk through quickly, Celts get ring archer armor. That's kind of cool, I guess. Uh, that's Imperial Age. Japanese, cav archers get plus two attack versus archers now. That's amazing. They've since uh, nerfed that a little bit. It's now plus two attack versus archers except skirms. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if that plus two attack goes against other cav archers, you know, because it's, I'm assuming that's the archer armor they're getting the extra attack against, and cav archers have archer armor. Uh, so do skirms, which is why they were good against skirms. Um, so Japanese CA were trading fairly good with skirms up until this, the second patch, but still really cool cav archer bonus for the Japanese. Uh, they have fully upgraded cav archers just previously had no bonus. Um, so that's cool. Uh, we've been playing Cav Archers in our team games, and I'm enjoying that, if you can get there. Uh, let's see. Magyars. I don't think anything useful came out of the Magyars upgrade. Persians got uh, a very nice little rework. Uh, their town centers, the work rate was increased to, I guess, what it used to be originally. Um, they also got a, uh, a random bonus where their cavalry generated five gold each time they killed an enemy military unit that lasted through the first patch and they completely pulled it. I think they could have cut that down to two gold, two and a half or something. And it would have been nice. Uh, I, I played the Persians. I didn't exactly notice this bonus being overpowered, but obviously if you get some big feudal fights, if you have light cav streaming into skirms or something, especially in Imperial Age, that's going to be a hefty amount of gold flowing into you. So they also got Parthian tactics moved into Castle Age. I've played Persian cav archers, and that's nice in Castle Age, but Persian cav archers drop off in Imperial. They are missing, I believe, Bracer. Let me verify for you guys. They are missing Bracer. So they're missing plus one attack and plus one range in Imperial Age. That's huge. That hurts a lot. Uh, so I do not recommend Persian Cav Archers, even with that Parthian move. Persians got a unique Paladin replacement uh, called the Savar, which Spirit of the Law can tell you all the nerd stuff. But uh, long and short, really good against Archers. That's in addition to, you know, their team bonus of Persians, which is plus two attack versus archers for cap. Um, there's some other things. War elephants got buffed. Nobody cares. Um, just flipping on through the Slavs. Their farm bonus went from 10% faster work rate for farmers to 15, which is, I believe, where it used to be. 
Um, and so that's been nice for Slavs. They their food income feels really good now, probably on par with poles. There's supposed to be some pathing fixes. Maybe, guys. I'm still not super impressed with the pathing. It's not as bad as it used to be. I I had two units. Um, I think I was leaving an enemy base. I had like three units outside the base and one unit inside the base. They were all grouped together. I selected them, clicked them somewhere. The three that were outside the base ran back to the one on the inside to regroup so they could all regroup together and leave together, which walked them, you guessed it, right back into enemy pikes. Um, they all died. That was miserable. That was that was before one of these patches. That kind of stuff has been cleaned up. Units don't try to regroup now uh, when they're split like that and you move them. But uh, pathing in general still a little weird. But they're working on it. And I'll give them a pass. This is a super old game. If I wanted better pathing, I'd play a newer game. But I don't. I'm here dominating in this game. So that was kind of patch number one. Let's jump to patch number two because there were some pretty huge fixes here. Uh, monks automatically look for new units to heal instead of waiting three seconds. I don't know why they waited three seconds, but if you play monks a lot, you've probably seen that. So monks are... Uh, uh, are healing better. A group of monks can now be shift queued to pick up and deliver relics. I didn't see that until just now, but that's good. That's been annoying for me. I'm a big monk guy. Let's see if I can get down to keeping with a the monk theme. They they made some tweaks on how monk conversion works. I don't know how to explain it, but they're trying to make it less random number generator dependent. So they're trying to make monk conversions more stable, more predictable on how long it takes. Um, long and short of that one is takes a little bit longer. You're not going to get super fast conversions anymore, but you're also not going to get super long conversions. So they compress that time frame uh, to like five to seven seconds. There's still possibility for super fast conversions, but not nearly as much as it used to be. Other thing they did with um, with monks, they took the is it faith the name of that technology yeah faith units are 50 percent harder for enemy monks to convert that was like a thousand i don't know what the original cost was it was a lot nobody ever got that tech they've now split that apart and they've added a tech in castle age uh, units are 15 percent harder for enemy monks to convert it's 100 food and 150 gold and that is a precursor to faith which is uh, 50% harder for any monks to convert. I don't, I'm assuming that equates to 65% total. I don't know. And they reduced faith in costs to 550 food, 750 gold, still hefty price, but it's cheaper. So that's one of the things where, um, the devs aren't afraid to make drastic changes to longstanding technologies and, and units. And I like that. I like that they're willing to try it. I like that they threw the Persians, the whole plus five gold when Cav kill a military unit. I also like that they were willing to pull that out immediately if they didn't like it. So they're getting in there and they're working with it. Um, yeah, some some tweaks. They made some tweaks to Armenians. Uh, mule cart costs 
uh, reduced a little bit. Bohemian Hussite wagons took some nerfs to the face. People were uh, abusing the strength of the Hussite wagon on the ladder. So good. They're taking care of that. Ooh, Chinese. I love Chinese. They made a huge change to the Chinese. And, and, and they had a change to Chinese already that they pulled back out of the pup uh, a few months ago. They're trying Chinese again, and I like it. I hated the last change that they pulled out. I love this change. Uh, the Town Center Civilization bonus went from Town Centers providing plus 10 pop space. Most of you just provide plus 5. Uh, to now, they provide plus 15 pop space. And again, your Town Centers on most of your civs are pro providing just plus 5 pop space like a house. Um, so that's huge. I'm second-guessing that plus 5. But I'm rolling with it. I think it's accurate. I'm still doing math, I'm mad. But yes, plus 15 pop space is huge. That means you do not need that initial house when you uh, do your Chinese start. That also means since you're not building a house, those one or two villagers can be collecting food, which what do we know about Chinese? They start with no food, but six villagers instead of three. So now that you've got all those villagers on food, they can collect it faster. You, uh, you still do your loom immediately, so you don't have idle TC time. But once Loom's done, you're almost immediately ready uh, to make a villager. So you can... Sorry, muted myself. What did I say last? I don't know. You can easily get your Chinese start down um, 18 seconds or less. You know, I think I've done 25 pretty regularly before I was struggling to get my Chinese start under one minute when I clicked up to feudal age, now you can get under, uh, under 20 seconds of idle time. And the pros could do that previously. So good. They still can. Now the rest of us can making that Chinese start a little easier. Uh, they also increased the line of sight from the town centers from plus five line of sight to plus seven. Uh, so across the board was like four more tiles, um, four more tiles out on each side so that helps when you're finding your sheep your sheep but love this chinese change if you guys haven't played chinese give it a shot it's not that scary anymore just send all the veals to the town center send those sheep in start collecting the sheep click loom you're gonna have to do some drop-offs for the first few veals but once you get rolling it's pretty good uh, i recommend seven maybe eight on food and then go to wood um yeah, the Manaspa got nerfed. We mentioned that. Uh, they don't get extra damage against buildings, archers, skirms, camels, and Shotel warriors like they used to. And Hindustani's got their villager discount returned to what it... Nope, not what it used to be. It used to be like 10, 15, 20, 25. Now it's 8, 13, 18, 23, whatever. So they get a little bit of a buff. Huns, I haven't messed around with this much. They got a unique scouting horse on Nomad maps. So once you make your town center, Huns get a scouting horse and go around, collect sheep, figure out where people are at. That's big That's big time for Huns on Nomad maps. And again, something weird that the devs are tweaking and adding in for basically no reason. No one's asking for this. Nobody's wanting to play Huns on Nomad. But the devs are like, this sounds cool. They're doing it, and I love it. It's amazing. Um, good on them. Keep doing stuff like that. 
we mentioned they just straight pulled out the the cav gold bonus uh, poles. This is cool. The full work cost has went from 125 wood to 100 wood. So it's now the same cost as a mill. Um, it was 125 because it's a little bigger than a mill and it counts as a house. Gives you plus five pop space. So it's always been 125, the cost of a mill and a house. But when it, where it lands in the build order is usually this weird stage where you don't want to make a house and a mill. You want to make a house and then a mill or you want to make a mill and then a house. Like you don't have the wood for both. So I think this will make the poles start cleaner. And I love poles in general. Uh, behind Romans, poles are probably my second favorite uh, sieve to play. Pretty good archer sieve. Obviously great cab sieve. Um, organ guns got decreased. They were kind of getting the, the Bohemian War Hussite wagon uh, style of uh, abuse. So good. And yeah, that's that's the main thing. Two huge patches, a DLC that I missed. My bad on that. Grab the DLC. It's really cool. Uh, I like the Armenians. Georgians are fun to play too. I still think the unique unit is broken, but get out there and use it while it's still broken. And that's that's age two. That's where we're at up to today. Um, probably one of the best DLCs, I think, so far, just because the two sieves are so unique. The mule carts are interesting. Um, the sieve bonuses are solid. The sieve unique units are cool. I can't talk about the campaigns because I'm too busy, you know, I'm out here just dropping people on the ladder. Uh, there's no time to go see what the campaigns look like. I'm sure they're cool. Are there? I'm assuming there's campaigns. I want to be honest. I haven't even looked to see if there's Armenian and Georgian campaigns. But probably they're there. Uh, I guess you could just write us. Go to the Discord or something. Tell me if the campaigns are cool. But yeah, that, so far, that's my thoughts. I do want to delve into AOE4 quickly. Okay, quickly. Just entertain me. I know it's a terrible game. None of us want to talk about it. But it's out there. They dropped a DLC at the same time as Age 2. In fact, Age 2, Age 4 announced their DLC like two months in advance and talked about it and leaked information about it. And the community hated the DLC, uh, the new Civ names. They were absolutely terrible. Some of them are still terrible. Um, it made me laugh because the devs, because the community hated on the Civ names so much, they literally went in and changed two of the Civ names because people were just absolutely destroying them. Um, so AOE4 did two things. One, they created two brand new Civs, Byzantines and Japanese. Really cool. Uh, the Byzantines have this aqueduct feature. So you build a cistern at one spot in your base, you build a second cistern at another spot and you link them with uh, aqueducts, which look like aqueducts, right? But they're placed kind of like walls, uh, but they're passable. You can walk right through them. You can build underneath them. They're just kind of for show. Once they're linked, uh, they feed each other and you can link up to five of these at once. And they give a, an aura of increased uh, resource gathering rate to all, all villagers in their little circle. Uh, so you kind of place them out where you're going to be collecting res between wood and gold and stone, farms, whatever. 
Uh, and you've got this sprawling aqueduct feature kind of looking like the city of Rome. Really cool. Kind of sucks because when your uh, opponent comes to raid you, they just follow the aqueducts to wherever your vills are at. So it's harder to sneak vills. Um, but cool concept. They're still working on it. I think the Byzantines, from what it looks like, are absolute trash. It's really a, either a difficult sieve to play or a terribly designed sieve because they don't have many other bonuses outside of that. They can get up to like 25% or so gather rate increase if they build all these cisterns, but it takes a lot of stone. Um, just a strange sieve, but I think we all love Byzantines. We all love Roman-inspired sieves because of whatever reason, Romans being amazing. But there's the Byzantines. Japanese are also super cool. Easier to play, more of a standard sieve, but they've got these bannermen. So if you've seen it, yeah, and you've seen it in Japanese history, but in the game terms, uh, you make archers, you can make samurai, you can make cavalry, some kind of a knight lancer unit. You can also make those same types of units, melee infantry, archer, uh, cavalry, and you can make them as, quote, bannermen. You only have so many of those, but the bannermen have an aura that straight up gives you plus two damage to that unit type. Archer bannermen give everybody plus two damage in a circle. Samurai bannermen give you plus two damage to infantry melee units. Um, and so you kind of sprinkle them out into your army and they just straight up buff you immediately. That's really that's a really cool mechanic. They've got this shinobi, which can kind of teleport maybe 10 or 15 squares, which lets them jump over walls. That's cool. Um, they can also sabotage buildings, uh, do quite a bit of damage to them and set them on fire for a minute. And then the third thing they can do is they can mask themselves as the enemy units. So they look like an enemy villager. Uh, same color. I don't know how the enemy interacts with them. Like if you were to click a melee unit on them, I don't know if you could attack if you want to. If you were to select them, I'm assuming if you select an enemy shinobi who's hidden as your vils, I'm assuming you can't make it do anything. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a dead giveaway of this is not my unit. Uh, but they are spotted by scouts at a minimum. Maybe towers and town centers, but definitely scouts. And most players have scouts running around anyways. If, if you're playing Japanese and you see that landmark come up, it's a specific landmark to let you make shinobis, I figure you'll have your scout around your vills anyway. But cool concept. I like that they put that in. Um, and then, so those are the, that's the first thing they did. Two brand new sieves, pretty cool sieves. Uh, odd for a DLC called the Sultan's Ascent or something. No Sultans, either one of those sieves. But they then made four variant sieves. One, the Abbasids have the Abayad sieve, which is like the exact same sieve, but better is what I gather. Um, the French have the Jean d'Arc sieve, which is a Joan of Arc themed sieve. It's literally called Joan of Arc. That's one of people's main complaints is this is a person, not a civilization or an army. They could have called it the army of Jean d'Arc, but they didn't. They wanted to be Jean d'Arc. Came with uh, Joan of Arc as a hero. She progresses throughout the game from a villager. Then she turns into some kind of a melee infantry. Then she becomes a knight, whatever. People hate that sieve. Um, what are the other two variants? 
Holy Roman Empire got a variant called Order of the Dragon, which basically all their units have double HP. They also take up double population space. Their villagers gather faster than normal vills, but they also have more HP than normal vills. Um, long and short, they're trying to cram 100 population into, or 200 population into a 100 physical population group. So people with lower APM can play the game and keep up with everybody else. Uh, I don't think that's working great. They've got a terrible win rate. Um, I kind of applaud the age four devs for trying something new and trying to bring new aspects into the game and trying to get new players in. But uh, I don't know, man, just seems like they're hitting the mark or they're missing. They're missing the mark hard on all of this. The final variant Civ was the, uh, Juzi's legacy, which used to be called the Jade army or something. I don't know. Um, that was one of them that got changed. It's basically a Chinese rewrite. And what I do like about the variant civs is they're pulling a page from Age of Empires 2. They're taking the base civs that are already there and they're just tweaking it slightly, removing some units, adding some units, changing civ bonuses, uh, changing the landmarks a little bit. Sometimes it's the same landmarks. Sometimes they tweak them. Sometimes they remove them entirely and put new ones in. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a minimal effort, but maximum impact approach, uh, which is what they've been doing in H2 forever. You know, there's there's really like three, maybe four archetypal sieves in age two. Everybody complains that there's 50 sieves I've got to memorize. And that's kind of true. But age two, there's if you learn to play three or four styles, then you can pick up any sieve and keep going. Um, at least at least a little bit. You start to learn some small things matter. Uh, I'll give an example that I learned the hard way. Might have brought this up already, but Tatar, Halberdiers, they're missing the last two armor, Castle and Imperial Age. They're awful. I would fight Paladins against Tatar Halberdiers all day long. Almost to the point of it's a waste to even upgrade Tatars to Halberdier. Um, things like that matter, and you figure that out in the game. Um, and that's why we play it. We're playing to learn this. So good on the age four guys for figuring out they can add sieves based off their current sieves. Um, but also props on the Byzantines and Japanese huge changes in those sieves compared to what the other sieves have to offer. And in reality, all the age four sieves are pretty unique. Um, they've got the same underlying units. Everybody's got an archer. Everybody's got a crossbow. Some crossbows are cooler than others. Everybody's got a men at arms. Some men at arms are weaker than others, but move faster. Some men at arms are called samurai. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I'm, try I'm trying to give H4 a chance. I'm trying to give a lot of RTS games a chance. Learning a little bit of StarCraft 2, learning a little bit of WarCraft 3, learning some H4. It's all funneling back into my H2 game. I'm picking up things in, in StarCraft about how you... Uh, how you set up your, your camera movement, how you set up your hotkeys, how you set up your keyboard. Uh, I'm taking those things from a, from StarCraft 2 and applying them to Age 2. I just watched uh, Demu from Age 4. Uh, he went over some some uh, key bindings that he uses and some game settings that he uses 
I migrated some of those into my H2 game. All of it funnels into H2. The rest of these places are just a just a playground so I can hone my skill, get better at what I'm doing, go here and dominate people. It's all back to domination every time. That's why I bring it up. Pay attention to H4. You don't got to go play it. You can still dominate in H2. I will tell you, the H4 guys are terrible. I walk into their game and just smash them. Haven't touched it in six months. Go in, first game, boom, W. Close it, move on. Guys are bad over there. So let's wrap this up uh, for our Christmas episode. And, and then look out for, for the New Year's episode. I want to end this with my Christmas wish list for 2023. If the devs are listening, if Santa Dev is out there, here's the Boxer Saint Christmas wish list. If I could have a couple of things, this is what it would be. Number one, I want to see Thumbring back for Vikings, and I want to see Thumbring for Armenians. The Armenians have the unique unit, the Composite Bowman, ignores armor, but has short range, relatively low damage. It's cool that he ignores armor, but he's not doing a lot of damage anyways. Would love to see Thumb Ring for that increased accuracy and increased speed on the unique unit, uh, on the Arbalest. Same thing for Vikings. Uh, they gave Vikings the plus one damage in Imperial Age for the unique unique tech, but it's so expensive, crazy expensive, and it just doesn't do the same thing. Um, both of these sieves have weak castle archers because of that. Let's give them, give them a little bit of a buff. Throw thumb ring in. If it's crazy, if they both rocket to the top of the charts or whatever you you judge with, pull it, pull it out. You know, throw it in a pup, and let's see what people say. But I think it would be cool. That's on my wish list. I like those sieves, but they do have weak archers for quote archer sieves, and and they're both infantry sieves, technically. But no one's really an infantry sieve. No one's going main infantry. Everyone's got to open archers or knights. That's just the game. Help help us sieve out. Number two on the Boxer Saint Christmas wish list. I want to see some Chinese gunpowder, you know, bombard cannons, maybe even hand cannons. For a civilization that has the unique tech rocketry <clears throat> and that has a demolition ship sieve bonus, why don't we have no gunpowder? They don't even have cannon galleons. Um, that's one of the things H4 does pretty well. The Chinese sieves have all the gunpowder and they have a unique like grenadier unit where they th literally throw grenades. They throw brass grenades filled with, with black powder and it's pretty cool. Um, I know there's balance reasons for it, but it's the Chinese. They literally made gunpowder. Give them a bombard cannon. It's going to make their late game a little better. Um, they can have those treb fights. They can have those those BBC fights. I, I don't think you have to give them hand cannon. You know, Chukonus are pretty cool anyways. If you give them hand cannon, you might overwrite the need for Chukonu. So I'm fine with no hand cannons, but... Bombard cannons, please. Maybe cannon galleons. I don't even need heavy cannon galleon. Just normal old cannon galleon would be fine. That's number two for me. 
Number three, a lump of coal and a nerf for Grajars. I still hate Grajars. I know they're not on some massive win rate somewhere. They're not number one or even, I don't even know if they're top 10, top 15. But they've got a counter for everything, a good counter for everything, freaking cheap. Just look at these guys. Uh, cheap units with their unique tech. What does it do? Military units cost 25% less food. And I'm pretty sure it costs 500 food and 450 gold to get 25% food discount. And that's in Castle Age. So you get that food discount the rest of the game. Wild. Chakram throwers mow down anything. Shravamser riders take out all kinds of archers, hand cannons, whatever. Um, mounted units deal 20% bonus damage in feudal, 30% in castle, 40% bonus damage in imperial age. This is a camel sieve with heavy camel, bloodlines, whatever. That also means your Shravamser riders are dealing more bonus damage. Um, maybe they don't have any bonus damage. This kind of says they don't have any. Anyway, it's, it's still the camels crazy, right? Anyway, uh, camel riders and elephant archers get plus four melee armor. So in addition to your camels doing all the crazy bonus damage, they get plus four melee armor. The sieve has full cab armor. You know, they get imperial age plate barding armor plus the extra four from the unique tech. Um, it's just a wild sieve. Let's, that's me. That's just me. I hate good jars. Of all the sieves, I hate good jars. Keeping with the Indian theme this Christmas, let's get some camels for Dravidians. You know, Hindustanis have camels. Gujars have camels. Bengalis, no camels. They can have camels too. There we are. There it is. Bengalis and Dravidians. Give them some camels. Um, Bengalis, Bengalis get that Ratha, which is basically a knight. A knight that's kind of afraid of skirms, which is awkward. Um, so maybe they don't need the camels, but Dravidians get nothing. They get battle elephant, not elite. They get light cab, not hussar. No bloodlines, no plate boarding. It's, they go archers and infantry. That's it. They, at least for an infantry sieve, they have thumb ring, you know, they haven't been given the Armenian and Viking treatment yet. Uh, they gave them bombard cannon recently, so that helps. They also gave them a siege weapons reduced wood cost sieve bonus recently, so they know the Dravidians are struggling. Um, give, give my boys some camels. We don't even need bloodlines. Just camel rider, heavy camel. Boom. Give us something, or give us Hussar. Give Dravidians Hussar. Of all the Indian sieves, I love Dravidians the most. But there's there, you telegraph what you're doing so hard. It's just like, hey, I'm going archers. See you in feudal. Because what else are you going to do? I mean, you can do a men-at-arms. You can do actually a pretty good men-at-arms. But then you got to follow up with archers. So if you see Dravidians, you might as well just make a range. Start making a couple skirms. Five, ten skirms. That was it. That's, that's, that's my Dravidians wish list. Final thing on my Christmas list. We'll go to the Celts. 
I saw this on Reddit recently, and I kind of like it. I would like to see infantry from the Celts get a 20% faster movement speed or some kind of a staggered, you know, 10% in feudal, 15% in castle, 20% in imperial age movement speed increase. Um, it's going to make Wode's move crazy fast. So maybe you got to tweak the overall Wode starting speed. Um, but really, you're just looking at 5% faster than normal. So when you look at Squires, Squires is 10% faster movement. Everybody gets Squires except for Gajaros, Khmer, Magyars, and Portuguese. So of basically every Civ in the game, and of course Celts don't get Squires because they have plus 15 base, of all the Civs in the game, you're only outrunning their infantry by 5%. It's not huge. It's not a big deal. 20% would be a big deal. I'll go 20% from feudal on. We don't need staggered, but if staggered makes you feel better, I'll take it. Um, yeah, give Celts a bracer too. While we're here, this is my wish list. Faster infantry, even faster infantry. And go ahead and give them a bracer. Give us, give us a little bit of a, of a bracer hit. I've, I've been getting a lot of Celts lately. Like I've been getting random into Celts. I think it happened today. And really like them. Really like the Wodes. But it's my same complaint as with Dravidians. You're, you're kind of uh, telegraphing what you're going to do. If you're going Celts, you're probably going to go get into Wodes at some point. Uh, you might go champion Halb or something. You could do crossbow up to castle, but you can't take it into imp. By the time you get imp, you're going to have to flip into infantry. Champions, Halbs, um, Wodes. So the other guys just go ahead and start making hand cannons or go ahead and upgrade into Arb because I'm bringing infantry. Um, obviously, you can go siege, but you got to protect it with what? Infantry. You do get paladin, but no bloodlines. So, and you got guys like Gajars out there with crazy camels. So, um, you do get Hussar, but no bloodlines. You're just telegraphing like Dravidians. I'm going infantry. I'm going siege. If you can deal with that, good. See you next game. Um, that's a sieve that needs some help. It's a fun sieve. I like how it feels, but we can do better. We can do better with that. So that's it. That's my Christmas list. That's what I like to see. If, if I could have the reins, I'd make that happen for you guys. Um, we're going to end this podcast here. Keep an eye out for that New Year's Eve. We'll do a look ahead at some uh, what we're going to see in the new year. Obviously, talk about Neely's Apartment Cup a little bit. It's coming up quick in January. I believe T90 just announced his Hidden Cup uh, tournament which he has not hosted in a while. The way I understand it, Facebook had such strict requirements on his streaming hours that T90 did not have capacity to coordinate a hidden cup. Uh, and I'm watching Cap Jow. If you haven't seen Cap Jow's Christmas hidden cup, he's got a couple 1200s that he's, uh, that he's running, and all the 1200s are playing under fake names. So it's kind of fun to guess who's who if you keep up with that crowd. Most of them are streamers or they frequent they frequent streams and community games a lot uh, so it's kind of fun to see if you can guess who who is each name even Jao doesn't know 
So uh, check that out at Capjow. What is this Twitch handle? Capjow9. C-A-P-T-J-O-W-9 on Twitch. Uh, check him out. You can go see the VODs. Jow's a cool guy. I've played in a couple of Jow uh, show matches. Yes, I won all of them. I don't want to get into it too much. Most recently against Mustang, because no Mustang. Uh, you can probably hear him on the on my little intro song. Mustang's in there once or twice, uh, and Jow is actually on that intro song. I pulled a lot of a lot of that from uh, a Jow match that I played, where Mustang coached me. Um, I guess I could add from the Jow match where I beat Mustang. Maybe maybe funnel that in. Anyway. We're not talking about me. We're talking about other creators. Check out Jow for his hidden cup. T90, also doing a hidden cup. We'll cover that, what that is, what it means, why people are excited about it. And uh, we'll do that in the in the New Year's. Hey, hopefully you're hearing this before Christmas. Enjoy your Christmas. Uh, it's an important time. Be with family if you can. Be with friends if you can. Hug somebody today. I don't know, do something nice for somebody. Take some time off. Relax. Enjoy yourself. 2024 is going to be a good year. We're going we're gonna to lock it in. We're going to hit the ladder, all of us. We're going to get better. And we're going to know we're better. Because this time next year, we're going to pull up our ELOs. We're going to look. We're going to see progress. Hopefully, your life is progressing with your ELO. Okay? Make that happen. Stay strong, stay on the ladder, keep swinging. See you guys next time.